0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, Revoid, we Prohibited by Law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Happy Memorial Day and welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. It's a celebratory day, but to me, it's also a somber day because Memorial Day is not just like the 4th of July. There, there are similarities, but they're not exact. Memorial Day, we remember the men and women of our military, past and present, who have paid the ultimate sacrifice in order that we should enjoy the freedom and the liberty to do what we do on this show and to provide for our families and to worship the God that we choose. And it's fitting that we celebrate the lives and the sacrifice of these men and women by exercising our freedom, but it always has a little bit. Maybe this is because I used to work for a veteran advocacy company. I worked with a lot of veterans, uh, veterans who served during the height of the Iraq and Afghanistan war. They had lost a lot of brothers and sisters in arms, and there was always that current that ran through their patriotism, that somber current, Maybe it's because, you know, I uh, come from a military family. My husband served for so long, but it's celebratory, but it's also very humbling to think that someone else is willing to lay down their life for us and for our country. What I want to do today is I want to watch with you one of my favorite episodes and one of your favorite episodes. This is actually one of the highest rated episodes that we've ever done on this show. It just aired a week or two ago, but I want to watch it together because... When we're talking about fighting for freedom, we're talking about this appreciation that we have for liberty. Part of that is keeping a very close eye on institutions that have become captured or corrupted with ideology that is a threat to liberty. Um, And what I'm talking about, of course, is the media. I'm talking about the mainstream media and institutions that we didn't think of as the mainstream media that may be veering in that direction. So not to be vague, I'm talking about Fox News. Um, An undercover journalist, meaning a journalist carrying an undercover camera, one of James O'Keefe's journalists, caught on a recovered video, a Fox News producer, a producer that produces on the show Fox News at night, talking about the real reason why Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. And this producer, this producer said that within Fox News, it is now known that Tucker Carlson was not fired for a disagreement with Rupert Murdoch or because he was too religious or even directly over the January 6th coverage, but because... Um, his firing, or I should say his show being taken off the air, technically, he's still an employee of Fox News, the last we heard, that this was a condition, whether it was in writing, whether it was spoken, we don't know those details, but it was a condition of sorts of the settlement between Fox News and Dominion Voting Systems, the settlement that cost Fox News $800 million. And this producer, Um, says this is why Tucker was fired. Now, what's interesting is on Friday, I talked with Chadwick Moore, who is writing the definitive biography on Tucker Carlson. It's called Tucker. You can go to tuckerthebook.com and order your copy. And I talked to Chadwick on Friday for a long time about Tucker Carlson and kind of got the inside look on who is he and what is his 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 process, and what does he stand for, and what is his family like, and just all of the details that you wonder about someone who's been in your living room day in and day out for the past not just six years when he hosted, you know, Tucker Carlson on Fox News, but for decades before that he's been on cable news. And uh, Chadwick said that you know he one of the reasons he announced his book now versus waiting until July is because there's information that he came across in the course of. Uh, researching this book, which means also talking to sources who would know, both Tucker Carlson and his family and people in the know who said that, yes, they can confirm that the reason Tucker Carlson was fired was because of the settlement with Dominion voting system. So if you haven't already watched that episode from Friday with Chadwick Moore, highly recommend that you go watch that. You can go to lizwheeler.com to uh, watch every single bit of that, lizwheeler.com. And this episode. This James O'Keefe sting of this Fox News producer. Like I said, it's one of my favorite episodes. I know it's one of yours. It's one of our highest rated. I think you're really going to enjoy it if you haven't seen it, or if you have, you're going to enjoy listening to it again to make sure you get got every single detail. So without further ado, here it is. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Here's an interesting question that I was thinking about right before we started filming. If you analyze the Tucker Carlson situation, fired from Fox News, right, If you analyze that situation and you read all of the stories, all the online gossip, all all of the rumors about why exactly he was fired and why he was fired so suddenly, of all the reasons, what would you pick as being the most significant? So think about some of these reasons. We were told by um, one news organization that it was because Rupert Murdoch didn't like that Tucker Carlson gave that speech at Heritage in which Tucker Carlson said that we, in our political battles, are actually fighting a battle of good versus evil. There were rumors that Rupert Murdoch's ex-fiance thought that Tucker was a messenger from God and that this whole God thing creeped out Rupert Murdoch. That was one. Piece of speculation. There was another piece of speculation that said no, it was because Tucker Carlson talked about January 6th and the Murdochs didn't like him talking about January 6th and specifically the Tucker Carlson talked about Ray Epps and that was a liability, a financial liability for Fox News. There was a third set of rumors that said no, the Murdochs had been getting tired of Tucker Carlson, not the Murdochs, the board at Fox had been getting tired of Tucker Carlson and in the wake of the Dominion, um, the Dominion voting machines settlement at Fox News, They made an argument to Rupert Murdoch that Tucker Carlson was a financial liability and because Rupert Murdoch had been frustrated by other things that Tucker had said or done, this was just the straw that broke the camel's back and he was let go. All these different reasons, all these different rumors, nothing really confirmed. A lot of it, sure, it would make sense. How do you really know what the real reason is and what's the most salacious reason? Well. A Fox News producer was caught on undercover camera by, you guessed it, the one, the only, James O'Keefe, spilling the beans about the real reason that Tucker was ousted from Fox News. We're going to watch that video together tonight. It's quite a video. And let me just say, if this is accurate, if what this Fox News producer said is authentic information about why Tucker was fired, then this is a lot bigger, let's just say, than we even realized. We're gonna talk about that shortly. We're also, this is a story that happened um, a little bit earlier in the week, a couple days ago. Joe Biden gave a commencement address and he said during this commencement address that the biggest threat to our country was white supremacy. We didn't talk about it at the time because this is just a regular Biden trope, right? This is not true, it's false allegation, yada, yada, yada wasn't worth talking about. However, there's been a development in the story that I do think it's really important to address. We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about, there's a new Gen Z breakup method that's incredibly weird, incredibly toxic. I'm laughing just because Gen Z, my goodness, these people can't get anything right. We're gonna talk about that. It's called delicate dumping. We're gonna break down what that is and so much more, so let's get to it. Okay, before we get started also, I hope you guys have checked out my brand new website that we just launched. We've been working so hard on this website, I'm very, very proud of it. Very proud of it. And it's fun to launch something new when not only have my team and I, not just me, people behind the scenes have put so much effort into this, but it's fun to launch something that you're so proud of. I'm incredibly proud of LizWheeler.com, I highly encourage you to go check it out. You can find articles that the mainstream media doesn't want you to be reading, so whether it's COVID studies, masks, vaccines, whether it's stories about transgenderism, trans athletes that are winning. And when I say trans athletes, I'm talking about males, winning in female competitions. Um, also, notes and research from the show, things we talk about here, and I, I reference facts and figures. You can find that on the website as well. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We're going to send out emails a couple times a week. Make sure you have all the information that you need to be fully informed. Go to LizWheeler.com and be sure, by the way, to leave me a comment in the comment section. I want to know what you think, what you like about the website, if you have any suggestions of what you would like to be added. Um, there's a comment section just for that, so I want to, I want you to, I want to see you over there. I want to read your comments. I'm, I'm trolling them. Obsessively. So be sure, be assured, I am seeing what you're writing to me. LizWheeler.com. That's LizWheeler.com. Okay, let's get to the video. This very good video. There's two parts of this video that I find particularly interesting. The premise of this video James O'Keefe at his new organization, the O'Keefe Media Group, or as he refers to it, OMG, um, did an undercover sting where the journalist went on the date with a Fox News producer. I think this guy worked for Fox News at Night, their 11 p.m. show. And this Fox News producer, unbeknownst to him, he was being recorded, and he's spilling the beans about what the internal discussions at Fox are related to the reason that Tucker Carlson got fired, right? We heard all the different rumors. Maybe it was Rupert Murdoch not liking his talk about Jesus and religion. Maybe it was Rupert Murdoch trying to get back at his ex-fiancee who worshipped Tucker Carlson. Maybe it was about the Dominion settlement, the Dominion um, voting machine settlement. Maybe it was about January 6th. Maybe it was about Ray Apps. Maybe it was about Ukraine. Maybe, who knows, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago when it went down. It's fun to speculate. It's really interesting to know. But I think also, it's not just salacious gossip. I think it's actually a very important, critically important, to figure out why this happened because it shows us what the powers that be want us to know and what the powers that be don't want us to know. It also shows us who's orchestrating um, these kind of hit jobs behind the scenes. And that's what James O'Keefe uncovers in this video. So um, without further ado, take a look at this.
0: $144 million to settle that mm-hmm. Oh, that was with um, the yeah. Dominion <laughs> company. Uh, what happened with that? Like mm-hmm. they gave them money, part oh, of it. They say it wasn't part of it, but we're learning wow. that. Tucker getting fired was part of that. Tucker getting well, fired was part of the Dominion lawsuit? It was part of the yeah, You know. Canadian, you're to well, if I have a pillow guy, it's brought to you by Pfizer, right? It's like. Yeah. it's It's yeah. big pharma. Yeah. Which, Which is, is well. crazy because we would do all this stuff about COVID vaccines and we're getting money from Pfizer. We're getting what? And we're getting money from Pfizer. Yeah. Well, I mean, big pharma, big tech. You know, you're talking about like the shady players, like your buddy Michael Russo. Like that. He's when he was crafting Dominion's message. That's a whole story in and of itself.
1: Okay, so remember, this producer works inside of Fox News, and he said we are learning internally at Fox News why Tucker Carlson was fired, and the reason, according to this producer, that Tucker Carlson was fired was because of the Dominion voting machine's settlement with Fox News. They sued Fox News for defamation, and instead of going to trial, it was moments away from trial, Fox News settled, paid Dominion almost $800 million. It's like enough for 40 years worth of the revenue of this company. That's how much Fox shelled out to them. And evidently, allegedly I should say, according to this Fox News producer, Tucker Carlson's firing was part of this. Now, Dominion lost or Dominion voting machines and Fox News have both denied this, but this is where it gets a little bit interesting. There's there's simultaneously when this video came out, when James OKeefe dropped this video, there was an uh, an article from Variety magazine that dropped really very very close to when James OKeefe's video dropped. A little bit too close for me to consider it a coincidence. A lot of stuff behind the scenes in the news industry is coordinated. We know this, this is how it works. When people have information, they drop things in tandem or sequentially, immediately sequentially, so that it builds a story. Variety Magazine dropped this article at the same time that James O'Keefe's video um, was released, and I wanna read you just a little bit of what it says. Let me bring this up. This is what it says. It's written by Tatiana Siegel, dropped it on May 16th, 2023 at 4.03 a.m. Pacific time. And the title is Inside Tucker Carlson's Battle to Trade His $20 Million Fox News Salary for a Twitter Show. And then in parentheticals it says EXCLUSIVE in all caps. She writes, the mystery surrounding Tucker Carlson's ouster from the airwaves at Fox News and his future plans in media are coming into sharper focus. On April 26th, Carlson spoke by phone with one of Fox Corp's eight board members who told the host that his recent benching was a condition of Fox News' settlement with Dominion voting systems, according to multiple sources with knowledge of the conversation. The unnamed board member told Carlson that the condition does not appear in any of the settlement's documents and instead was a verbal agreement. If Fox did not comply, the settlement was off, Carlson was told. Dominion had plenty of leverage, given that the $787.5 million deal to settle Dominion's defamation suit against the network wouldn't officially close until late May. Variety writes, if Dominion opted to blow up the deal, Fox would return to square one on settlement talks or potentially subject the Murdoch family empire to a jury trial that would undoubtedly expose more embarrassing details about the operation of Fox News and fallout from its 2020 presidential election coverage. Unlike Sean Hannity, Janine Pirro, and Maria Bartiromo, Carlson wasn't a key player in the suit that claimed Fox News repeatedly and knowingly aired false claims about the company with regards to the 2020 US presidential election. But Dominion was looking for the best way to maim the conservative news network, and forcing Fox News to cut ties with the most watched personality in cable news would deal a potentially insurmountable blow and lead to a viewer exodus, according to Carlson's understanding. That condition, was intended to hurt Fox, and Tucker is just collateral damage, says a source familiar with the matter. Dominion wanted to punish Fox and it's working. Now, worth noting here, Dominion and Fox Corps both strongly dispute that the decision to take Carlson off the air was linked directly to the settlement. Yada, yada, yada. Right, who believes them? Not even interested in their dials at this point. So, internally, In Fox News, this Fox News at Night producer is saying, well, we're hearing that it was a condition of the settlement with Dominion voting systems that Tucker Carlson be taken off the air. At the same time that this video is dropped, Variety publishes a piece that says, according to internal sources close to Tucker Carlson, that Tucker Carlson spoke with one of the eight Fox board members who told him directly that him being taken off the air was a condition of the settlement with Dominion voting systems. So this is now getting very, very interesting, but we're not done here. Further along in James O'Keefe's video, in this undercover sting, listen to the information, and this is never before reported information, to my knowledge, I've not seen this anywhere else until this video from James O'Keefe. This Fox News producer describes exactly who coordinated this hit job against Tucker Carlson. Take a listen. Sean also told
0: us about his buddy, Mike LaRosa, who according to his Twitter account was the press secretary for Jill Biden. Michael LaRosa is now working for a PR company called Penta whose primary client happens to be Dominion Voting. Sean says that no one has put this together. Well, we're certainly glad that Sean put it together for OMG and all of you. You look at those little connects and you're right. like, for a while? Somebody yeah. who worked for the Biden White House was literally crafting a message for That's Dominion. Incredible. So you're like, no. Of course. So he left working for Joe Biden to start this PR firm or work with this firm. His sole client was Dominion, doing their talk. It's like right from the White House to go defend yeah. Dominion. So wow. Like, when you know those little moving parts are like, everyone's shitty. Well, so. left the White House to literally go take down the <laughs> news outlet that was being unfavorable <laughs> to his boss. Ah, no, one talking, no one's talking about that. that. You know, you're talking about like the shady players, like your buddy Michael Russo. Like, what it, what is, you know, like it's kind of public out there that he's like at this Penta Group. He worked for Joe Biden. No one's put it together. You said he was pulling the strings. What did you exactly mean by that? You know, like with. In the, that he's the one who's crafting the media's message probably, that he's running there to who? To, to the media to it. the media but no one's taking up on the fact that here's someone who used to work for Joe Biden Joe or Jim? Joe or Jim? Jim. we're both worked in, working, working in the administration worked in the administration we're going after a voting company working with a voting company that's taken down and bounced like, that's a whole story in and of itself. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This is the biggest bombshell of the entire story of Tucker Carlson being fired. This is actually bigger than Tucker Carlson being fired. To me, this part is more interesting than just the juicy rumors of, oh, Tucker Carlson got fired. It was a surprise. What happened? This shows us that there's an underbelly to this situation and an underbelly that's associated with who is in control of our government right now, right? So now we are all of a sudden dealing with a whole different ballgame. We're not just talking about internal drama at Fox. We're not just wondering, oh, are are there woke executives that are actually running Fox who don't want their commentators to be based, they just want kind of squishy establishments, are are, are, the, are the liberal board members of Fox just messing with conservative viewers? It's That's totally irrelevant now. Now what we're dealing with is potentially a takedown of the most powerful conservative commentator, the most powerful conservative influence in our country by indirectly, albeit indirectly, the Biden White House. So Michael LaRosa, let's focus on that name for a second, but Michael LaRosa is in charge of the public relations for Dominion Voting Systems. That means that everything that Dominion Voting Systems says publicly, every narrative that they portray, every way that media outlets or pundits frame Dominion is coming from this guy. This is the, he, He's the mastermind behind how Dominion Voting Systems um, is viewed by you and by me, is viewed by the left, He's in charge of this. So this guy runs his own PR firm called Penta, but his primary client is is Dominion Voting Systems. Now, his primary client, this is a big client to have, right, if you are just starting your business. And Michael LaRosa is just starting his business. He's just starting his business because he was previously working for the Biden administration as First Lady Jill Biden's press secretary. This is, this is, It's a very, very clear path. From the Biden White House, Jill Biden's press secretary, that's a high-level position in a presidential administration. We don't think oftentimes about the First Lady's staff being as influential, or not as influential, we don't think of them as being as prominent as the staff of the president. But make no mistake, sometimes they are equally as influential because they don't face the same media scrutiny. But they have access to the inner circle of The president, the inner circle of the first lady is the inner circle of the the president. So he served as press secretary for Jill Biden and then left the White House, immediately started his own PR firm and his primary client is Dominion Voting Systems. This lawsuit's been pending for a long time. This is not something that just happened. This is something that has been in the works since the 2020 election, since the immediate aftermath of the election. So when Michael LaRosa left Jill Biden's staff in the Biden White House, He knew about this. When he acquired this client, he knew about this. What does this tell us? Let's be real here. This tells us that an operative from the Biden administration who most likely, it would be almost unimaginable to, It would be almost unimaginable to believe a scenario in which this person, Michael LaRosa, is not in contact with his previous colleagues, is not in contact with other Democratic operatives, is not in contact with people who are influential within the Biden administration, if not actual Biden administration officials themselves. It's indirect control. So the man who is concocting the narrative about Dominion voting systems, and part of that is, is targeting Tucker Carlson specifically, is in bed with a Biden White House because he was part of it. Again, this is so much bigger than, than the juicy rumors. It's so much bigger than, oh, was Rupert Murdoch's ex-fiance, did she like Tucker Carlson? Did Rupert Murdoch uncomfortable with Jesus? Literally, I do not care about that anymore. We have now a situation that is 100 times bigger than that. We have a situation now where a hit job, potentially, potentially that the White House was in the know about to take out the biggest conservative influencer in the country was effective, was effective. If James O'Keefe, man oh man, if James O'Keefe did not capture this stuff on camera, there's no way that we would ever know about this. And by the way, the same guy who served as the undercover journalist in O'Keefe's video who got this information from the Fox News producer, that's the same guy who ran, who was the undercover journalist um, in the video exposing the Pfizer doctor, the Pfizer doctor about the vaccine, the hugest Project Veritas video in the history of all of James O'Keefe's work. The same undercover journalist did this. The guy is doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. And the story has just taken on a whole different color. We'll have to watch this play out. The Variety um, article also mentions Tucker's Uh, foray into Twitter. He plans to launch a show on Twitter in the next month. We talked about that last week a little bit. Um, But it is interesting. It is interesting because there are reports that Tucker Carlson's contract has an exception for Twitter. We mentioned this actually last week because a source close to Twitter told me, or a source close to Tucker, I should say, told me that his contract had an exclusion for content posted on Twitter. And if that's the case, then Tucker may still enjoy his payout, his salary from Fox, who didn't officially terminate him as an employee, they just took him off the air, while also being able to host an independent show on Twitter. We'll have to see, we'll have to see what happens there, but the story of his firing just got a whole lot more interesting. Okay, let's turn over to Joe Biden now. This is a story that happened a couple of days ago. We didn't talk about it a couple days ago because, well, because Joe Biden says this kind of nonsense all the time, and um, at a commencement address, Joe Biden said that the biggest threats facing the United States is white supremacy. It's an offensive thing to say because the left falsely accuses conservatives of engaging in white supremacy, right? It's not that you and I sitting here um, are opposed to condemning white supremacy. Of course we are and we do strongly because it's evil, but what the left means by white supremacy is not what white supremacy actually is. Um, so this is, this is what Biden said, but there's an additional thing that happened um, this week that added to the story that we do need to address. So, first, this is this is Joe Biden at the commencement address.
2: We know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. From the start, it's been a constant push and pull for more than two hundred and forty years between the best of us, the American ideal that we're all created equal, and the worst of us. A harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. It's a battle that's never really over. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us, to choose love over hate, unity over disunity, progress over retreat, to stand up against the poison White supremacy, as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland, is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm not a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. To stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit, confront the ongoing assault to subvert our elections, suppress our right to vote.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: Okay, so like I said, this happened a couple days ago. We didn't talk about it then because, you know, another day, another uncomfortable comment from Joe Biden. Um, I'm sorry to say, even with a daily show, every single one of Biden's idiotic comments does not make the cut into the final show here. But then we had a development here. So Mehdi Hassan, who hosts a show on MSNBC, he's very far leftist, um, he tweeted this. He said, it's very simple. If you're not a white supremacist, you really shouldn't get annoyed or upset when the president condemns white supremacists. This tweet went insanely viral. It was viewed by almost one and a half million people on Twitter, and I saw this tweet, I saw it probably half a dozen times before I sat down and really put my brain to this. And I'm looking at this tweet and I'm like, huh, well this is interesting because if there's an actual white supremacist or in our country, literally every single person in our country condemns this, right? If there's an actual act of white supremacist terrorism in our country, every single person reacts negatively as we should. Because we're actually very fortunate to live in a country where um, in the space of over approximately 100 years, the number of people who actually hold a white supremacy ideology has shrunk to near zero. Statistically, it's zero. It's like 0.1% of people in our country have um, racialized views or view white people as racially superior. Right, 0.1%. Compare this to the racial history of our nation. There are times in our nation where, um, where white nationalists or white supremacist views were more prominent than they are now. And we are very fortunate that in the space of just a few decades, just a couple of generations, this has been almost entirely eradicated from our nation. Institutionally, it has been entirely and completely eradicated, but even individually. This is such an uncommon, such a freak, such a fringe view that it does not deserve to be given attention. But of course, this is not what Mehdi means. Mehdi does not mean um, individuals who view, white individuals who view black individuals or brown individuals as inferior because of the color of their skin. That is not how the left defines white supremacy. So this is actually something, it's a very important point to understand. When the left um, says, well, unless you're a white supremacist, you wouldn't have any problem with the president condemning white supremacy. The first question that we need to ask is, okay, leftists, well, what is white supremacy? Okay, so the first question that we should ask as conservatives after we read this tweet from Mehdi Hassan that says, it's very simple. If you're a white supremacist, you shouldn't get really annoyed or upset when the president condemns white supremacists. The first thing we should say is, okay, but what is white supremacy, though? Define it for us. Tell us exactly what you mean when you say this phrase. Because we will find in the answer to this question that the answer that the left gives is very, very different than the answer that the right gives. And it has nothing to do with the right holding any kind of negative views on people with other skin colors. The right is made up of people of all skin colors, as is the left. The right's definition of white supremacy is any kind of racial superiority ideology. The left's definition of white supremacy has nothing to do with that. The left's definition of white supremacy, they they redefine words, we know they redefine words, for a purpose so that they can hijack an ideology like actual white supremacy that almost everyone universally condemns, that barely exists, statistically insignificant in our nation, statistically zero people in our nation hold this view, and they hijack that term because they know they can turn everyone off if they associate Republicans or Republican policies with this view. So let's look at some of the things that the left has called white supremacy. And to do this, this is actually from um, the African American History Museum in Washington, DC. They published at one point on their website um, a little handout called Aspects and Assumptions of Whiteness and White Culture in the United States. And they list, among other things, Rugged individualism, this is an aspect of whiteness. Now, the the inference here is that this is a negative thing because they say um, whiteness and white culture are dominant. They're oppressive. They're something that has marginalized the black community throughout the decades. Rugged individualism, an emphasis on the scientific method, a work ethic, time. Time, guys, time. Justice. Communication, such as grammar. So all of these different things that have nothing whatsoever to do with race, even the African American History Museum under the Obama administration, I believe is when this handout was first put on the website, have been condemned as being associated with white supremacy. In addition to that, organizations like the Black Lives Matter movement have said that the nuclear family is a white supremacist institution. A white supremacist institution that free market capitalism is a white supremacist institution, that mathematics is a white supremacist is, perpetuates white supremacy, which that one's doubly laughable because mathematics was literally invented in the Middle East. White men weren't even associated with higher mathematics the invention of higher mathematics, but we're told that police and law enforcement and our system of criminal justice is all perpetuating institutions, or they are institutions that perpetuate white supremacy. We're told sex essentialism, which is the biological definition of sex, man and woman, the gender binary, as the left calls it, that that is an institution perpetuating white supremacy. So now we have a totally different context for Mehdi Hassan's tweets, but also for, for Joe Biden's speech, right? Because when the left says white supremacy, you and I automatically think of what white supremacy actually is. We think of this poisonous, evil ideology that holds that human beings of different skin colors are somewhat subhuman or inferior. This ideology that everyone in our country, on both the left and the right, rejects. But the left has redefined this word to suit their political narrative because they think our revulsion at the word white supremacy, at the phrase white supremacy, will cause us to jump on board with their political agenda to abolish the civil institutions of our nation, the economic institutions of our nation, and ultimately the governmental institutions of our nation that make our nation the best, the freest, the most prosperous nation that the world has ever known. The left, of course, hates this nation, wants to destroy it, and wants instead a communist Marxist utopia. And so now, of course, we look at Joe Biden's speech at this university and we realize, well, okay, yeah, this, this story actually is worth commenting on. It is worth condemning him, not just because he's stupid, not just because he's awkward, not just because he's trying to insert racialism into any everything, not just because he's issuing false um, allegations about both events, I mean, but also individuals. He's not just trying to falsely associate Republicans with white supremacy, which is grotesque because it is patently untrue, but because he's labeling all of these things that have nothing to do with a poisonous ideology as being associated with a poisonous ideology. And what's more, he's calling, um, he's calling people who perpetuate what he calls white supremacy, which isn't white supremacy, terrorists, right? So the defense of, of Mehdi Hassan when conservative pushed back on this was, well, Biden said he was that the, that the threat of terrorism, the biggest terrorist threat in our country is white supremacist terrorism, and my answer to that is the same question as before, well, what is terrorism? The Department of Homeland Security has labeled almost all Republicans as militia violent extremists if they so much as fly the Betsy Ross flag, or if they follow the founding fathers, or if they have the don't tread on me flag. So your definition of white supremacy and your definition of terrorism are critically important to your condemnation, because well, a sensible person might listen to Joe Biden and define what he's saying literally, it would be a mistake for us as sensible people to do that. What we have to do is we have to understand that he's now speaking in coded language. He's now speaking in words that the left has redefined to suit their political agenda, and their political agenda is the destruction of our nation and the destruction of us. As you can see, why it is now necessary to comment on this. So Joe Biden also displayed his corruption at the NIH after Dr. Fauci quote unquote retired. He's technically retired from the NIH, but he's actually not. He's actually not fully retired from the NIH. The NIH got a interim director. Um, this was also after Francis Collins left the head. Fauci, of course, was at the NIAID. It's a subagency of the NIH. Um, Francis Collins left the NIH, and now Biden has nominated a new doctor named Dr. Monica Bertinoli to head up the NIH. Dr. Monica Bertinoli is a simply terrible choice. Uh, She's like just a a girl version of Fauci. A girl version of Fauci. Jordan Schachtel over at the Dossier Stubstack reports that Dr. Bertinoli has received $290.8 million in research funding from Pfizer. Think about that number for a second, $290 million, $290 million. Okay, that's like what, half of what Fox paid to Dominion voting systems, almost half? This is an enormous amount of money. The Daily Signal put together a report, this is from 2015 to 2021, that she received more than 116 grants, this new NIH director, or this new nominee for NIH director. More than 116 grants from Pfizer. It totaled more than 89% of her research grants. So let's step back for a second. Do we think that this woman might be compromised, might be captured by Big Pharma? Do you think that, ideologically, she's going to be completely in line with the profit motives of Big Pharma, since her entire quote-unquote scientific career has been funded by Pfizer money, 89% of her research grants, $290 million, 116 total grants. It's not just a joke, it's not just corruption, it's dangerous, it's dangerous. She is part of this administrative state revolving door that exists between Big Pharma and the, the regulatory agencies of the executive branch of our federal government that's supposed to hold Big Pharma accountable to science and to reality and to pr- protect human beings from harm inflicted by companies who ju- don't care about us and just want to profiteer off of convincing us to take harmful products, or convincing a government to mandate harmful products that Big Pharma then profits up from. It's hideous, it's grotesque. The Senate, by the way, has to approve this, and if a single Republican senator votes in favor of confirming this nominee, that Republican senator should be kicked out of the Senate so fast they don't even have time to close their office door. A single Republican senator, you should reach out to your senator. You should make sure, get them on record telling you that they will not, under any circumstance, vote to approve this woman. Under any circumstance. I will be watching with hawk eyes to see if a single Republican senator, even Democratic senators, I know Democratic senators are vote en masse typically, but there are a few independently-minded Democratic senators who ought to understand the danger of the big pharma, big government collusion. And if they can vote to approve this woman, who is clearly in bed with Pfizer, they deserve to lose their seats as well. We will be watching each and every United States Senator to see how they vote and to see what comments they make, how strongly they speak out against this because they're in positions of power and influence. And if you don't speak out when this kind of corruption is happening right before your face, then you're useless and you shouldn't be in the United States Senate. Okay, so apparently Gen Z has a new breakup method, this this new trend of how Gen Zers are breaking up with each other. It's called delicate dumping. Weird and hilarious phrase, but let me read you exactly what delicate dumping, how delicate dumping is described. You can find the full explanation over on lizwheeler.com. This is what um, a therapist from England says, this is how she describes this new Gen Z breakup trend. She says, delicate dumping involves taking a step back from a relationship without having the actual breakup conversation. It's about employing tactics such as ghosting, replying to a partner more slowly, and even ignoring the other person completely, Jody Slee, a 39-year-old therapist in West Yorkshire, England, told news agency SWNS. Delicate dumping. Well, it sounds to me like this is a method for cowards, but ghosting, for anybody who doesn't know, means that suddenly you just become a ghost. Suddenly you just stop responding to texts, you stop responding to phone calls, you've not said, hey, I don't wanna date anymore, or I'm ending this relationship, or I think we should slow things down. You haven't communicated in any way, all of a sudden you just ghost. You just you just stop responding 100%. The other person isn't expecting it and never hears from you again. Apparently, this is quite common among among the youngest generation, among Gen Zers. It's quite common for, and this is the way that men break up with women. This is not something that women do to men as often. This is, this is typically the man doing it. Um, this has become quite popular for during the so-called talking phase of a relationship, which is the casual dating part before you're committed exclusively in a relationship that a guy and a girl will be talking and then suddenly the guy will just never respond. Even if you text every day, you text good morning, you text good night, you you call during the day, one day, bam, the guy's just gone. This is called ghosting and this happens quite quite often, I'm told. Um, There's also like a disconnecting that's involved with delicate dumping. Disconnecting meaning that suddenly you just only respond in monosyllables or you um are kind of unrelatable. Unrela- you just you sever that emotional connection, make yourself unlikable until the other person breaks up with you. Again, this is mostly men that are doing this, mostly men that suddenly stop responding, stop participating in the relationship even if they're technically still there. So it's like one step away from ghosting, but I would call it emotional ghosting. Um and even doing things like posting things on social media but waiting a long time after you post something on social media that you know the person that you're talking to or in a relationship with will see, but waiting hours then to respond to their text so that they know you saw it, didn't respond, but were doing other things online. This is called delicate dumping. It kind of reminded me actually of suicide by cops, but like the relationship form, right? Where um, suicide by cops, of course, is actual life and death, so not exactly the same thing, but suicide by cop is where, um, where the perpetrator does something deliberately, deliberately knowingly does something to elicit uh, a lethal response from the cop because they want to be killed they want to commit suicide but they want it to they want the cop to shoot them this is kind of the same thing but without the deadly aspect of it and in a relationship where a guy wants to end the relationship but he's too cowardly to do it himself so he does things deliberately to get the girl to break up with him and these things are are distancing himself disconnecting or ghosting and the reason Gen Zers give for why they do this instead of just sitting down with a person saying, hey, I wanna break up, or hey, I don't think we should date anymore, or hey, this is why I'm, we're not gonna be in a relationship. Uh, the reason is because some young men feel uncomfortable. They feel discomfort in that conversation. When I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, no kidding. You think breaking up is uncomfortable? Wait until you get to re- like real life outside of college, outside of the dating pool. A lot of conversations are very uncomfortable. And uh, my commentary on this is, ladies, if you have experienced a male who has done this to you, you should consider yourself lucky. You should consider yourself very lucky you dodged a bullet because had this man not been so cowardly as to force you to break up with him by either ghosting you, distancing, or disconnecting, emotionally disconnecting, you might have been stuck with a freak for life. So you have dodged a bullet, and that is not, to put it delicately, because these men don't deserve it. This is, uh, you might have been stuck with a sissy like this for the long haul, and at at least you dodged that one, so... Um, Head on over to LizWheeler.com if you haven't already. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think of our brand new website. Drop your email address in our email newsletter sign-up. So, you know, if and when YouTube kicks us off, I know 350,000 of you guys have subscribed over there. I really greatly appreciate it, but YouTube is probably going to kick us off at some point. I don't want to lose touch with you. Drop me your email address. We'll keep you updated on everything you need to know. Um, Just go to LizWheeler.com. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.